This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. That it is time to review the tape. Uh, the scoreboard, I wouldn't say the scoreboard ever lies because at the end of the day, Logan, that's the point of the game. But we know the film never lies. And I think after watching this game back, this game was far more competitive down in, down out. These teams perhaps closer in ability than it certainly the scoreboard looked, but at the same time, it, it just shows the importance, like we said in the post game of the turnovers and, and yeah. the situational football and, and how these things, even if you're competitive down in and down out, you make the wrong mistake at the wrong time and you wind up on the wrong end of a really bad score. Yeah, and I don't think we're saying that like, you know, the commander should have won, but it definitely should have nope. been a more more competitive appearance. And I do think the Bills are a really good football team. That defense is very good. The offense obviously led by Josh Allen is 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 very good. You know, like that's what happens when you have a really uh competitive quarterback at the position, you know, one of the best in the league. But I will say, like, I understand why fans are so upset, you know, like they had high expectations for this game. And I think this is this is one of the things when you're dealing with uh, a young quarterback and a young staff is like you're going to go through growing pains like this and learning experiences. And I think it's important that fans kind of remember that, like, you know, we're, we're fans of the team also. So we were, you know, kind of stunned in the silence. But like, you know, after our um, our post game review. Like the the comments there are brutal, man. Fans are just so upset. And I get it because like you think you think it's gonna be different, but this yeah, losing thirty seven to three, not fun for anyone. This team is the same team that beat Denver and that beat Arizona. It's the same team, like in terms of the talent, in terms of the production. Like it's just this is a really good Buffalo team, and again, like you know, this is really good analysis. But you don't take care of the football, and we're gonna put some context with this in a second. And it's just, you can't win games like this against good teams. So I think it's just, it's important to remember, like you still see some good stuff from Sam. You still see some good stuff from B-Rob. The, the, the playmakers are still who, who they are. The defense, is, the defense played well. And I know a lot of fans don't like to hear that, but if you look at the breakdown of the game and watch the film, 
that's true. So I think that that's all stuff that we're going to kind of talk about more in depth, but like, just so you guys hear us, like we understand that this is upsetting. We're going to try and add some context to it now. Yeah. Um, not, not saying they should have won, not saying they played well overall. They just played better than a 37 to three score line. Um, but it also, again, underscores the importance of very key points to the game that have been emphasized by analysts for a long, long time. Turnovers chief amongst them. The other thing that I think is important that I want to underscore is we talk about Sam being a young player. And you just said, this is a young, young quarterback, young staff, young team. And we give Sam, I think more people, I should say, give Sam grace because he's a young player. And it's like, oh, this is a learning process. But I think this is a reminder that this is a young team in general. And you see whether it's Chase Young, who we'll talk about a little bit more. Sadiq Charles, like there's young players, Jahan Dotson. There's young players all over the field doing young guy stuff. And they happen to do a lot of young guy stuff in some bad spots this weekend or or in the key play here or or played a key role in in something that you never would have even noticed, like Jahan you know, maybe doesn't run the right route in a, on a one of the sacks or, you know, a turnover situation where it's on this young player that's not necessarily Sam Howell. And, you know, if if you like the talent, which is a whole separate conversation, but if you like the talent, then this is part of the process. And if, right. I, I think two things can be true at once. I think this team can be pretty good right now. I think they're good enough. They're farther along enough in their development to compete week in, week out, far better than they did uh, on the scoreboard on Sunday. And also realize that there's there's a lot of room to grow towards the ceiling, and that goes far beyond the quarterback position. Dude, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And like you know, look at Cosby's playing a new position. Like we got Nick Gates, who's been around, but new position, right? Wiley, new to the team. B Rob, new to the team. Like it's just everywhere you look, there's a lot of new pieces going on. And I've actually been quite, to be quite frank, very impressed with like the level of detail they've been able to play with over the last couple of weeks. And like it's just little stuff. Like there's a play in the red zone, but we'll talk about this again in more detail in a second. But it's the play that Sam scrambles for 18 yards, right? And they're running like a, a a corner by the tight end and a post by Terry. And it's a little bit cloudy, and I understand why Sam doesn't like it. But you got Jahan coming from left, the offensive left, into your screen, right, into into Sam's vision under this post corner concept. And I say to myself, like. He's taking too long, but Jahan's running fast. Like, you know, like last week against Denver, where like there's sometimes where he looks like his legs are a little heavy, the altitude is maybe affecting him, but he looks like Jahan. Like he is cooking across the formation. And I'm like, you know, this is one of those moments where like I think back to what Kyle Shanahan said all the time, where it's like it takes three or four years to like learn an offense. People say that can't be true. And what he means by that is like on that play, I'm pretty sure he's plus two split. He's plus he's two yards from the outside edge of the numbers. Jahan is, right? He's probably going to be on the outside edge of the numbers to make sure that he shows up in the timing and rhythm of the play. And those are the types of details that don't come like overnight. It's just like repetition, understanding, oh, I got this crosser. I become the third element. I got to be a little bit tighter. And that's year two. You learn that a little bit better. Year three, you learn a little bit better, right? So you see little details like that. And I'm I'm making an assumption based on the concept or how I would coach it if I was the OC. But I think you see stuff like that and just like, man, that, that affects the game. Like imagine if Jahan is... Two yards ahead of schedule, Sam checks it down to him. And instead of Sam running, you get the ball in one of your best playmakers' hands. And I think back to the Giants game last year where he's spinning off guys and he has a 30-yard touchdown. Like That's the kind of thing you're talking about in the red zone off of a two-yard split. So um, I think that point is excellent, Craig. I think that's exactly right. And this is this is part of it, right? It's And it's not just the new players. It's the new coordinator, right? He's figuring stuff out too. And we'll talk some about that as well. So Yeah, uh, it's funny because like I can hear people already you – know, f- they might already have had their comment uh, typed out and hit send. B-Rob's not new to the offense. It's like, 
yeah, he's a, he's a second year player. Like that's still that's still offense. fairly yeah, and it's a new offense. So like, um, you know, yeah, like this is still a young player in that regard. Even though we feel like he's already so good and consistent, he's a great yeah. example. Like he's gonna learn and get better, but he's already got the longest streak in the NFL of fifty plus yards game. He's now yeah. got nine straight fifty plus yarders. Um, and by the way, I think that's that's a good assumption. Terry uh, after the game talked about how Sam's got to be able to trust them to be on the right splits amongst other things. So I right. do wonder if that was a conversation on the sideline that was fresh in Terry's mind when he made that comment about certain well, plays. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that that would make a lot of sense. Okay, let's dive in uh, to the actual film itself. And everyone's going to want to talk about the pressure, so let's just go ahead and do it. We're not yeah. going to do a full nine-sack breakdown like we did last year in the Eagles Versus game with Carson. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we did just, the two of us, uh, before we started recording, uh, obviously you had watched them, and, and I had gone back and watched as much as I could uh, at the mercy of NFL Game Pass, but we were able to uh, go back and actually watch all nine sacks on the All-22 right before we started recording. And I think the common theme is uh, the offensive line is on the sacks, not as culpable as many people thought. Right. There are some operational issues from, you know, snap counts on one of them where like yeah. Leonard Floyd just gets this incredible jump and like, I don't care if it's Lane Johnson instead of Andrew Wiley. Everyone wants to crush Wiley, but like if that's Lane Johnson, he's got a tough time. Um, or maybe he's the only guy that doesn't. Uh, right. But literally every <laughs> other tackle in the league is like, oh, what do you want me to yeah. do, bro? Like yeah. you got your snap time, uh, your snap count done. There's receiver issues. Um, a lot yeah. of a lot of places where it's not, you know, there's nowhere to throw. And then obviously Sam holding the ball. And yeah. I think there's some numbers that can back this up uh, that we can get to as well. But when when you you know watch the the sacks specifically, and if you want to involve some of the other pressures as well, like what did you see when you watched the tape? Yeah, I think you know I had what was it? It was there's nine sacks. I think I had yeah. one true sack on the offensive line. One I thought actually Arizona runs a really beautiful Buffalo blitz yeah. or yeah. Buffalo sorry runs a really beautiful blitz, and like that sometimes like those dudes get paid too. So of the of the nine, I'd say two. Or on the offensive line, the other ones are uh, some version of Sam. You know what I'm saying? And again, that's not to be like I'm not killing Sam here. Like, I just like let's take the first one for example. I think it's a good one to start with. So they're in the red zone, right? It's first down, and then they run this kind of concept that I think is fun. You get to a four by one overload, right? So you get four receivers, and that is really challenging. Number forty three for the Bills does a really good job of pushing through to this curl, right? Um, and the window's closed, right? Don't you can't throw the ball. Like Sam needs to identify that right now and say, I don't love it, and just check the ball down to the back, who has probably conservatively five yards to gain, and then more likely probably closer to eight or nine. So he's probably gonna get a first down, he's gonna be in second and ten. Instead, you take a sack, right? It's second and eighteen. The next play, you gotta throw an RPO. You don't like it for whatever reason, you tuck it down, you take another sack, and then the following play is the interception. And and I just think that that to me kind of encapsulates Sam's day a little bit. It's like there's opportunities to like not be pushing the football down the field, right? And I understand like that's what you want to be doing, but like it's not there. It's it's really easy. Yes, no, you know, like Jahan runs a great route, not his fault. That just that number, uh, Terrell Bernard does a great job of pushing through to that that curl. Yep. That they okay. win that down, but they haven't won it yet because the back's wide open in the flat because they push so deep in terms of covering this concept. Yeah. It's actually Deami Brown who had come in motion across, yeah, right, and it's yeah. like you know you can you can throw at him if you don't like it because you think that flat defender is a little too close for your liking. Like throw it at his feet, or Gibson's running a rail at the sideline. He's not open, but you can throw it over. Like if your feet yeah. are set there, throw it over his head. Right. Like just like that's that's a situational awareness. That's like to me 
that's one of the young guy plays because of where you are on the field, right? You yeah. can't take a sack there. You're on the very edge of field goal range and he compounds it with another sack on the next one, which would yeah. have knocked them out. And then it doesn't matter because he throws an interception on third down anyway. Well, but, and, and on that interception too, just another, another point there, right? Understanding yeah. the, the down and distance, it's third 19. They're this really conservative cover two. Like they are, so deep at the snap they're like eight yards off the ball and then they drop into this 15 yard range that dig you're trying to throw bro it's dead right throw the ball yeah. baits in the flat get 10 yards kick a field goal and i think like that again that comes with some maturity right like it's just like you're trying to make a play you're trying to get a first down like i don't care how good of a quarterback you are you're not making that throw and so like there were times like when i'd play with matt ryan for example where he would i don't almost almost predetermine the flat like he would tell you, hey man, like I know your chip help here, but like get out so I can throw you the ball. And you're like, okay. And you know what I'm saying? You're like, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't, you know, like I'm not as aware because like I don't watch film the way it is. I'm thinking about chipping, you know, Cam Jordan or whatever. And he's like, get out. I'm like, okay. So quick chip and get out, get the ball in the flat, you know, you get like an eight yard gain and kick a field goal. Like that's, that's good process by him. But that's also a guy who played at the time, like he was in like year 14. So like right. th that's experience and, and stuff that accrues. And this is something that Sam can learn from. So, right. And, and that's the kind of stuff that happened all day where it's just like, you got to yeah. realize it. And that that's the difference in college and the NFL, like college, you, you can figure it out. You got time NFL stuff happens right now. And, so fast. and you gotta, you gotta realize like this. So the second sack is the RPO, right? Yeah. This is one where I just look at the play and I'm like, why did he not? hand it off like yeah. what did you or like if if you want to throw some of the rpo like if you want to hit hit the the pass on this the leverage that the corner i think it's tradavius white has on jahan like he's outside of jahan Let it out. At, at, on an out at before the snap or like instantly and it gets even wider when the ball is snapped like what yeah. are you looking at that's making you think this could be an option for me and it um, could be a box count situation where it's like number I, I don't remember the play like if if it's if it's six man in the box you're throwing the thing but also i looked at the front side of that play it's a hitch and i don't know the read but it's a hitch yeah. and then that nickel players fill in the run and like the throws there i don't know again i don't know the read right but like he did he did this last week he did this against arizona and again, like this is one of those things we talked about after the Broncos game. It's like maybe just like takes like I know everyone says he's great at doing RPOs, but like take some of this off his plate. Like just hand the ball off to B Rob for right. a four yard gain, and then we're we're everyone's taking a deep yeah. breath, and we're we're not as pressed on third down. So it seems like they need to kind of readjust the threshold at least. Like you better love the yeah. pass, right? Yeah. Not like I kind of I like it or like whatever. It's like if it's not so obvious you know, that, that it's the most obvious thing in the world, just hand the ball off. And again, situationally on the edge of field goal range, if you get a zero yard gain, then like, whatever, live for third down. Yeah. Um, the, the bad stuff happens when you, you eat it, uh, as, as a passer in those situations, because you also don't have time. Like that's one where it's like, Oh, the offensive line, it's like the offensive line is run blocking. That's not, yeah. that's not on the offensive line at all. They're yeah. run blocking. And now all of a sudden the quarterback is who should have either thrown the ball instantly or handed it off is back there floating around. Uh, and actually to Sam's credit, he knows like I'm in trouble and he yeah. tries to run, but he doesn't get anywhere because the offensive line is run blocking. Yeah. And I think the other thing is like, everyone says all oh, these sacks, like, you know, even the first sack of that series, well, that's on the offensive line. They need to give him more time so he can get to the flat. Like he, he takes that sack at like 3.2 seconds, which is a very, very long time to be taking a sack. Right. And I think that's something people don't understand. Like, 
the average time for him to take a sack in this game was over three seconds, which is that ball needs to be out at like 2.7 traditionally, right? And concept dependent, all that kind of stuff. But it just shows you like he's like almost five tenths longer than like what he needs to be doing in terms of getting the ball out. So um, it is it is significant. And this is part of the thing Like this has part, been part of his M.O. for a while. Like he had a very, very high pressure to sack ratio in college, which got a lot of people spooked because he didn't play play well under pressure was the, the moniker for him coming out. Um, I don't think that is true of Sam. I think he's got the ability to improve in this area, but you're seeing kind of some of his, his warts a little bit. And I, this is again, like I, I don't want to sound like I'm being kind of laissez faire or dismissive of it, but he is a young player who needs to grow. And these are the things that he needs to grow out of. Like we saw like last week against Denver, we saw him make some of the best throws I've seen anybody make since I've been covering the team. So like four years. Right. And so, like that talent is so, so valuable, but, but this is also part of the growing process and the learning process is you're going through some issues here that young players go through. And um, so like, I'm not being apologetic to Sam or <clears throat> apologetic for the offensive line. Like this is just football. Like when you watch a lot of football, this is just part of it, you know, especially with a young football player. So, yeah. Um, with that said, uh, while the sacks did not yeah. necessarily or weren't necessarily reflective of the offensive line's performance on those plays. There were actually other pressures that yes. caused some big plays in the game that we do look at the O-line and go like, hey, that's that's not good enough. Um, one of them is the interception, uh, yeah. down on the goal line, Tredavious White. Um, there, there's a pressure there. But that that also like is another play where like the other guys get paid too. Um, I think it's Shaq Lawson on the pressure. And he hits like this sick crossover step where he yeah. fakes a stunt and then comes back outside. Like that's just tough sledding if you're Andrew Wiley. But at the end of the day, like you got to, you you know, you're you getting get paid to done. pick it up. You're get like the other guys are paid too, but like so are you. You know, yeah. you, you lost. But that's one where it's probably a touchdown if uh, if he can get the ball where he wants it to Curtis. There is room on the inside. Um, you know, we're, we're White's playing outside of Samuel, uh, but White also makes a tremendous play to finish that. And I think that's the other thing too is like the way the Bills finish plays. That's how you win 37-3 in a game that down in, down out is that tight is like White coming over Curtis's back. Um, you know, the play that Micah Hyde makes on the pick in the flat. Like these are, I mean, Bernard's interception, you know, you say the throw is dead, but like I actually think Sam somehow miraculously squeezes that in over a lot of linebackers. That's a hell of a catch, man. Um, so it's, it's the kind of thing that, um, you know, I think that the way, the way Buffalo finished, um, I think is an important point here, but to, to back to the original point, if we get too sidetracked by the, that stuff, the O-line yeah. did give up some pressures, um, even if those aren't the ones that necessarily resulted in sacks. So yeah, there were nine, nine sacks. I think there were 12 total pressures. There's that one that you just described, which again, like that's one where you got to like, where like you say, Oh, Wiley needs to be better, right? He just, he has to be better. Like in this red zone situation, tight red, Let's let's make a play here. And like that sounds weird talking about an offensive lineman, but like that's that's how they talk about it. They understand the situation. They understand what's at stake. They understand the play call. And it's like, I gotta make a play. And he just he didn't make a play. And then there was another one um where, you know, they throw the ball to Terry on a crosser, right? And um Sam's getting pressure from Wiley's side, I believe, and the corner to Curtis is is wide open. And so that's an explosive play that you don't get because the pressure is there. And I and so we're not kind of absolving the offensive line here because there are those are two plays right there that would have been huge for the game, huge for the outcome. 
huge for offensive production that are affected by the offensive line and, and, and just not being efficient in terms of pass protection. But it's important to note, like this is something I want to bring up. Like there's uh, in, 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 in analytics, sacks is a quarterback driven statistic. Okay. And what that means is veteran quarterbacks who with low sack rates, when they're feeling pressure, they just throw the ball away. They have this, this internal clock that says the ball needs to get out. And so that's kind of why we're on Sam so much is because he's turning these pressures, 12 pressures into sacks at an extremely high rate. So taking nine sacks on 12 pressures is, is, is crazy high. I mean, that's almost 70%. So like, that's something that again, like Sam through time and experience will get better at, but Again, some of the pressures in the game negatively affected Sam's ability to execute the offense, and we're acknowledging that right now. It just, the sack number does not reflect it the way that I think a lot of fans think it should be reflected. Yeah, so PFF, the way they wound up uh, doing it, they had 24 total pressures. Okay. Obviously, they, they wound up counting up 10 sacks. Um, I don't know if they don't do half sacks or what, what their deal they is. Have a, they have a wacky bit with that. Um, yeah, but yeah, so. these are PFF's numbers, so it, that's and so, and also for going. Also for PFF, it's important to note, even on like RPOs or screens, they'll count those as pressures. So like, okay. so like there is, that number is a little bit flush. A little inflated. Yeah, okay, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, 24. Yep. 24, nine hurries, five hits, 10 sacks, right? And the reason I'll, I'll use PFF's numbers here is because the stat I'm about to give is, is a PFF stat um, that I saw. And it was you you mentioned this one before the show. I'd seen it yesterday as well. 39.4% um, of pressures, I think, was the number this year. Highest in the NFL for Sam turning pressures into sacks. Sure. Yeah. For comparison's sake, Patrick Mahomes is 2.6. Dang, bro. Like, that's Dang. the best in the league. So you talk about the awareness to get the ball out of your hands or to avoid sacks with your legs. Like Mahomes is a magician. So, but even then, like two percent compared to thirty nine percent. Like crazy. We got we got some issues here. But that actually leads to a pretty important question: If you're Eric Bieniemy and you've gone from Pat Mahomes 100%. to Sam Howe, yeah. do you need to change up what you're doing to take some of that off of Howell's plate? Because your boy at quarterback now is not the same as your boy at quarterback the last couple of years, who was a magician at avoiding sacks. And so, for instance, when you bring in Andrew Wiley, understanding there's things yeah. you really like about him, but he's going to give up certain stuff. But we were able to insulate him in Kansas City. Like, there's there's some stuff there that I think needs to be discussed if we're just being honest about it, based off that stat alone. Nevertheless, yeah. watching the film. Yeah, that's a really good stat there, Craig. Good job digging that up. So, um. Yeah, and we could probably do a whole podcast on this, like on this topic, which I, because I think it's really fascinating. So I'll try to just give you like my abridged thoughts on it. So basically, what I would say is like, yes, the coordinator does need to adjust. And I think the coordinator has adjusted to a certain extent. Like, one of the things that sticks out to me is like, there's not a ton of motion, there's not a ton of formational complexity. A little bit of that is because it's, you're taking some mental load off the quarterback in terms of saying, what's the final formation? Um, <clears throat> what's the final formation? What's the motion? What am I getting from the tells? All those types of things. So that's one element that he's done, right? The other thing is like you, the, we've talked about how, you and I have talked about how there's not like this crazy diverse collection of concepts in it. It's like they're kind of running the same five to seven concepts out of some different looks and they're kind of just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And I think that's also to help Sam, right? But I do think that there is maybe an avenue where you say, hey man, we can get to more quick game. 
We can do some more screens. We can do some more bubbles. So some more easy, like relatively easy. Like when you look at the Buffalo Bills, for example, we're going to talk about them in a second with the defense. Like I thought they did a great job, a great job of being like, hey, man, we're throwing quick game. We're throwing we're doing using heavy play action. We don't do a lot of heavy play action looks in, in this offense, right? Which is fine. They don't do a lot in Kansas City. It's like kind of misdirection, play action, whatever. But it does help. It does help mitigate the rush. It does help create clean pockets. And I think um, there are some things that maybe, you know, like you can kind of investigate as a play caller and say, I can do some more of X, Y, Z or find stuff that Sam does. And that's the thing about this that's so hard is like you as a play caller have to communicate with Sam and be like, what what things do you like? How do we get to that more often in the game without becoming predictable? And it, it is this, it's this razor's edge. And again, like I said, we could talk about this all day, but I do think there is that is something that I would be really curious to talk to EB about and just be like, hey, man, are there things you could do to help him with this, you know, hurries to pressure or pressure to sack ratio that, that seems to be an issue. It has been an issue for him since college. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day, your weekly source for all things commanders, right on time, your time. A list of household chores. Do them without missing a beat and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So here's the other thing you can do. Run the ball. And I'm not going to go full Chris Russell here. Uh, yeah. Because never, never go full rooster. I, I, was, I uh, was ready for this. I was ready for this. We're going to have a great talk about it. I can't wait. Here we go. Here's here's my here's my spiel on right. running the football for yesterday or for what Sunday, whatever. What's a day? Sunday. Yes. Running the football is typically a low risk, low reward endeavor. You yep. have you t- interception rates higher than fumble rates. You're much less likely to have something terrible happen. Sack fumble even versus like a running back. You know, okay, yeah, you got a minus two big deal, um, but it's low reward. So that's why offenses now want to pass the ball more. It's like why would we average three point seven yards or even four yards a play? when we could average eight or nine passing the football. Sure. The problem with that math on Sunday was they were averaging eight yards a carry. So when you have a neural load problem with your quarterback, you have an offensive line that is giving up some pressure. Like you got all the things that that can go wrong in the passing game going wrong and the math has changed. So you have a higher reward running the football. 
I do not understand why you do not lean on that part of your game more and, you know, help that potentially get to some of your play action, get to some of your screen game that you can mix that in more as well. There's just too much drop back that, that at the end of the day is like something I feel very comfortable saying you could probably speak better to the alternatives to just the drop back stuff, but it certainly seemed like Sunday running the football, you know, 5% 5% more, 10% more would have been a very, very good decision. So let's talk about this, man, because I think this is really, really compelling. And so one of the things about the first half of this football game is I think Buffalo came out and they said, like, we think you're going to run the football. So they came out in a lot of like single high, eight-man box structures, maybe not eight-man box, but like, you know, you've got that kind of overhang player that's going to, it's more of a run support player than a coverage player. And so they did that. And EB, to his credit, man, did a great job of like, calling passes and slowly and methodically like getting them out of it. And you could argue that maybe game flow was another factor that, that led to that. So then when B Rob comes out at the second half and it breaks off that big run, Gibson breaks off that big run. And it looks like that they're like the best rushing football team in the nation. It's because they're like in a distinct, very clear two shell. Right. Right. And so like, there is this benefit of like throwing the ball early to run mm-hmm. the ball late. And so I think that's so important for fans to hear because I think there's this, we got to run the ball more. We got to run the ball more. And I think you are not saying this specifically because you said five to, what was it, five to 7% more, which I am fully on board with. Well, also, especially once they get in those seven-man coverage structures and they've got too high, like at the snap, they're inviting you to run it. And and I think that was the thing late in that, or later in that game when it's still 16-0. It's 16-0. The score doesn't dictate you need to go crazy passing the ball and make us stuff up quickly. But I think even because they didn't run the ball, like there was a sense of desperation. Like we got to make a play. Like we yeah. got to get it all back at once. And it's like, no, just keep running it. And also, by the way, your defense has been on the field a lot. Like you yeah. got to play that complimentary football. And that comes on Ron a little bit to get an EB's ear and be like, hey, man, we need, we need a, we need a blow here. Like yeah. help, help your, help your guys on the other side of the ball out. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's not, it's not just like run the ball for the sake of running it. Correct. It's if you can get those looks where you should be running the ball based off of numbers and based off alignments. And by the way, it's working for you. One like the play before the interception uh, intended for Curtis in the in the end zone, the one that White gets. Yes. They have a a one yard run. They had just had fifty yards rushing on two carries earlier yeah. in the series. Don't let one bad run take you away from the run when the, the structure is still there to continue running it. Just trust well, that the next one's going to be good. Well, that's something that they, they did shift. <clears throat> Buffalo, they shifted to an eight-man box, you know? And so, like, it, it running is just math. It's like, yeah. it's easy math. It's like, if you've got six blockers, they have seven, not a great look to run the ball. If you have six blockers and they have six, run the football, right? And so one of the things that stuck out to me is is when you watch San Francisco, for example, they do not run the ball into bad looks because they have put a heaping amount of responsibility on Brock Purdy. He's canning stuff. He's checking stuff. They're changing the direction of runs. They've accounted for these safeties in a way that is very, very nuanced and specific. And so when I look at what they're doing with Sam, who, again, is a rookie quarterback in my estimation, that's not there. Like there was this play. I was a second and one. It was the play that Sam scrambles for the first down, right? It's second Mm -hmm. and one, right? They're in a two-safety structure. I am not a smart man, but I know that that post-quarter concept is probably going to be dead versus that, right? Now, to EB's credit, if they get in the right split and they get showed up where they're supposed to, it doesn't matter. You just check the ball down. It's easy. But I would love it if, if right there they were like, hey, man, it's two safeties. Let's have a pass. 
can with a run, we could run like a little zone read on this beautiful six-man box and get the first down and not even think twice about it. Get them out of that structure a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that's also something you get with a rookie quarterback and a play caller is you can't have all these layers. And that's never been like an Andy Reid thing. That's more of a Kyle Shanahan tree thing. It's like finding the perfect play. Sean's notorious for that. McDaniels is notorious. LaFleur, like all those guys, perfect plays. How do you get to the perfect plays? You have multiple plays called the quarterbacks got to get to the right one, right? So I think that's part of it. But also I think like look at the Jets-Patriots game. Like everyone and their mom knew that the Jets were going to come out and run the football. And the Patriots were like, no, we're just going to put more people in the box than you want to deal with. And so it's not a tenable thing. It's not a tenable thing to run into those bad looks. Because like look at Derrick Henry on six of his 11 carries this last weekend, right? He's running into plus box situations. He's getting hit behind the line of scrimmage at three yards deep. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, like, I don't care how good the back is. Like, it just, the math isn't there. So, what I would say is, can you evolve that a little bit to kind of say, when we get the good look, can we make sure that we're running the ball? You know what I'm saying? Like, can right. we have a play call? But can you almost running? automatically say, we have from every formation, if I say, if there's no other play canned or pick a different word, right? Yeah. If I go to our magic word, it's inside zone. Yeah. And like if we I get mean, that six man box inside, it's like in Madden. Like there's always an audible that you can call in Madden, right? You got the four four different buttons, whatever. And like that's not how it works in real life. Like it yeah. did for Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning had the entire playbook at the line of scrimmage. It was crazy. Did um, I tell you that like when I went to this is a little bit of a side. Maybe this is a five minute story. But like the um, the when let's I was just save it for it. Let's take let's yeah, save let's it for it. A take five. Remind me. Remind take me, yeah. five. Uh, William, write that down somewhere. Take five. Play calling Peyton Manning something. Yeah, perfect. Um, uh, but so I don't lose my train of thought. Uh, yes. And now everyone's got to listen to take five. Uh, but the uh, you know it, you can auto. You can have one all yeah. the time. Like you can run inside zone from every formation. So you know if we get that look, let's always run inside zone or whatever it is. However they want to handle it. It just there's got to be a way for them to take advantage of one of the best things that they've got going for the team. Like, and, yeah. and that's the other thing is like, how do you get the ball to your playmakers? Brian Robinson is a playmaker yeah. and, and getting him the ball more is a good thing for this offense. And so it's part that as well. How do you make sure that he gets his touches in advantageous situations? That's a way to do it. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I think you're being a little hyperbolic saying all the time, but like you right. could definitely yeah. lead it. You could definitely lead into that a little bit more, especially in this game where you're kind of, Again, you're going, you don't need to be revving the throttle the whole time. You can slip it in a four wheel drive, especially like when the score is 16 to zero. It's really like a two score game, you know? So I think we both see that the same way. And it's just, you can't, you can't run the ball for running the ball's sake. You got to find ways to get them in the right looks. And you see how effective running the ball is when you're there, you know, when yes. the looks are correct. Um, and so that's great. And I think EB earned that, you know, game flow earned that those good touches for B Rob and B Rob did a great job. Like, I mean, he was my player of the game, quite frankly, like breaking tackles, extending plays, really doing some excellent job from a reading the run standpoint. Um, but yeah, like I think like on the goal, like the goal line is a great example. I think of running into a bad look, right? Yes. Got, oh, I like, hated that play call. Yeah. It's like, you, there's a thousand, like they're in goal line and you are in 12 personnel and you've got two guys like that. Like, that run is going nowhere. Well, so, I like, just don't. Why do often? I'm not going to go full Michael Phillips. Uh, Michael hates gun runs from the goal line in general. Yeah, but, he's still I, alive, but yeah. I, I, 
I hate gun runs from tight formations at the goal line. If you're going to gun run it, spread them out. Like, get yeah. guys out of the box. I remember we talked about this at some point last year because I remember having the conversation with Doc in the studio, and he was like, just get in goal line. And I was like, well, the idea of spreading guys out and making it a game of five on five versus yes. a game of uh, 11 on 10, that's a good idea. Like, get get DBs and yeah. get uh, you know as many linebackers, as many people as you can away from the point of attack, and then it's less matchups that you have to win. Right, but no, that's not what they yeah. did. They like they gotten gun and bunched it up, and then Robinson's getting a slower start because he's not running from the dot. Like just get him downhill out of if you're gonna if you're gonna bunch it up, like put Alex Alex Armour was up, put him in there, yeah. let him go, let him go chin uh, someone. I will say a lot of teams now don't even have goal line personnel anymore because like if you think about it, you have to rep that however many times a week, you know, and it's you're just losing reps on stuff. You're gonna run more, so I'm not saying that's what they were doing, but I yeah. agree. I don't. I don't. Love that, but again, the one of the another reason I don't love it is because there's that you. I think you had six. Uh, it was twelve. So there's they had seven guys at the line of scrimmage, right? Offense commanders did. There are nine dudes standing there. Like I don't care how good B Rob is, like he's gonna have to take two people on. Like that's the wrong end of a nine on seven drill. Yeah, it's it's not good. The numbers aren't good. So um, I think that just shows you, like you need to make sure you're running into good looks, and you need a formation to get those looks correct. And I. I don't I don't hate the call because I think they're trying to get to like a lead look there. Now Buffalo runs a stunt. We're getting off track here. But good numbers, good math. And I think EB's done a good job of earning those opportunities, is what I'm saying. So um, but yes, can you get to some of that stuff more? I think is the million dollar question. It kind of it kind of in, uh, coinciding with that question we had earlier, where it's like, how do you help them more in the passing game? Avoid sacks. This is maybe a feature of that. And again, there's so many ways to kind of do this thing and be a productive offense. Um, but, you know, like what, what, it, what ultimately, what does EB decide? Because he's obviously a smart man and, you know, he's going to yeah. figure out the best solution. So, 100%. Um, all right. Anything else from the offense? Any other plays that we want to talk about? Um, I know there's one down there by the goal line where Jahan's like wide open that everyone. Uh, was posting. I, um, I don't remember. Um, I just remember like Jahan. Jahan is sitting left. I think it's. Oh, it's the one oh, that he throws oh, over. Oh, yeah. Cole Turner's head. Yeah, let's talk about that one real quick. Uh, and then any anything else from the skill position guys that we should touch on before we uh, get to the defense. Yeah. So on that one, they're running like it's it's the same play that Logan Thomas scored a touchdown on. They've just from formation it differently so that the receivers running the dig, and then um, Jahan's running the sit, and then the third receiver's running the flat. And so I think everyone sees that and said, oh, my God, look how wide open Jahan is, right? But the way that that nickel played that was really interesting because I do think that they had a better look. So first off, I think Gibson gets a little bit deep on that route. He gets to six as opposed to five. And then Cole gets a little bit short. So the window to throw the dig is like really muddy to that side. And yeah. it's, it's pretty clean to the other side. And it makes sense because you've got guys who are receivers and they run routes for a living. Like it looks a little bit cleaner over there. The reason Jahan is so open is because number seven, the nickel. It's scored. crazy what he does. Yeah, so the second Sam looks to the right, he is like, bump it. Sam's not coming back over here. I am running over here. And he just basically clouds the whole window open. And I wonder if that's something like that Buffalo is coaching versus young quarterbacks or coaching in the red zone. Like, because he doesn't have time or he's not good enough or he's not experienced enough to get back over here. Just get over there and flood that window. And it works great. Like, it's a great job by Buffalo. And so, yeah, it looks like Jahan's wide open, but it's he's wide open because of how they're coaching the nickel to get out of that zone. So I think, like, that's stuff that, like, that's like freeze frame, uh, freeze frame analyst work. And it, yeah, like, football doesn't happen in a freeze frame, right? Like, yeah, you stop 100%. that. You stop that after Sam looks right. 
he's going to look like the most open dude on the field. But that's not how football works. That's not how reads work. That's not how the pre-snap process works. Right. And great job by Buffalo coaching that nickel up like that. Here, here's your but that is how if Matt Ryan is back there, right? Like 14 years different. in the league, yeah. you know, Tom Brady, like with experience and lots and lots of it. Yeah. All of a sudden the math's not mathing anymore. And you're like, wait a second. Yeah. And then you turn back left and you're like, oh, there's my open guy. Well, the thing but, I think like even Matt might do is he might look right, just look right, and then to get the nickel to do that and then throw back. You know what I'm saying? Like he might right. do that on purpose, like to get right. that. You, you so, learn that's the cat and mouse game of, of yeah, the NFL right. at, at that level. But when you're in your fourth career start, um, you're just and you're like, I ah, we got this play that I scored a touchdown on last week. You're yeah. looking at Cole Turner the whole way and you think you can get it in there. You realize you can't. You throw it up there and see if he can become eight feet tall. He can't. And yeah. uh, you live to see at least you live to see another down. Um, unfortunately, they don't wind up getting in there uh which i can say confidently because they didn't get in at that's all that's great that's great analyst work right there yeah that's that's how the math works uh anything else from the skill position guys or you want to talk defense well, i think we can talk defense though take a man podcast from odyssey sports i'm craig hoffman he is logan paulson make sure you join us Tap Sports Bar, MGM National Harbor coming up this Sunday for the Take Command pregame show. We start at 10 live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 on YouTube as well. And you can come hang out in person starting at 11 a.m. Uh, then, of course, 90 minutes after the game, the Take Command postgame show, uh, the Instant Reaction podcast. We do it live on YouTube at the Team 980 and at 106.7 The Fan. Defense time, Logan. Let's get into it. Um, my, I've been on the Chase Young thing for a couple of days. So people that yeah. have been listening to the radio show, people uh, that listen to the the post-game pod, uh, they've heard me talk about this. I think Chase is... Like, there's two things that, stu that stood out um, that I want to talk about. One is the discipline element, where I think there are times where he's getting... You know, he's, he's going for the win on the rush, and it's actually not the best thing. And especially right. against a quarterback like Josh Allen... Just rush your line, keep him in the pocket. Um, you know, do not let him get out and make the big explosive plays. Although right. sometimes Josh Allen makes big explosive plays that should Correct. be a pro. Like the, that first third down or the the first drive, the one to Diggs is like one of the craziest plays I've ever seen in my life. Which He's running there? right. He he throws oh, like yeah. leaning backwards and he hits Diggs in a, at a point that he couldn't have handed the ball to him better. But I think there's also an effort thing with Chase. Like after he misses Allen, for instance, and then he's kind of jogging behind the play. Yeah. And that's one where I also kind of I'm like I'm genuinely asking, like, is that an issue or is that just a that's a big man who's put forth a lot of effort in the first five seconds of the play and he's tired and there's just nothing you can do about that. And that's kind of standard football because I, I watch guys like sweat. I watch guys like Allen pursue and yeah. sometimes like there's a cutback and they wind up get back in the play like you hustle because you just don't know what's going to happen. And I think, you know, on top of the the discipline side of it. There is a maturity, and this goes back to Chase, you know, being a young player and yeah. not having played much football in the NFL, where it's like, hey, man, if you want to be great at this and the motor is going to be one of the things that people talk about with you, I can't see you jogging behind plays either. Um, you got you got to finish in all aspects. Yeah. And I, so uh, elite defensive players, they, they, they're special in their elite because they finish well, usually. Right. And I think that's one of the things about Montez's game. Like he's one of the best in the league at that. Like he's got a good motor and he finishes hard, but there's times where you watch Allen or Payne and they're big and they're tired and you know, they're, yeah. they don't run to the football the way that you'd like them to run. Like that's just life. Yeah, you know, they're big, they're big dudes in the NFL and it's hard. 
like, you know, even like Big Ridge, you know, like I like Ridge. He plays super hard. He finishes plays, but <clears throat> sometimes you get that screen and Big Ridge doesn't have the gas. You know what I'm saying? He's just going to kind of, he's going to do what Big Ridge does. So like it, there are with all, with defensive linemen specifically, the great ones are ones that are just like relentless and conditioned well. But that's the other thing is like those guys are playing a ton of snaps. The rotation for that defensive line, it's like they are on the field a lot. I, I don't know what the stat is, but like I Kyle was talking about on his podcast, and it's like I heard it. I was like, wow, that's a lot of time for them to be on the field. So that's one thing, conditioning. But I do think I, I'd like, yes, you, you make a move, you make a decision, always, always, always finish the play. You know, like that's like high school football one-on-one. Um, but like, like I'm saying, it's with those big defensive linemen, like you got to be realistic sometimes. Like Chase played around, 54 of 68 snaps. So yeah. that's tough so, sledding. A lot of snaps, right? And like you like him to finish, but so like, again, like I just think about all the D lines I played with and even the really good one, re- even the ones that are really good at finishing, sometimes they just, they don't have the gas. So yes, you want them to finish. Yes, that's a huge part of football. Yes, that makes your defense better. Emphatically, yes, all the time. But I'm also a realist too. You know, and sometimes they can't do it. And you would have to ask Chase and John and Payne and Montez, like, can you do it? And if they say no, like, I'm going to believe you. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> like that's just how. Well, at, like, at that uh, point, do you consider the rotations and whatever? Like, yes, what's more important right. to you to have those guys jog at the end of a play that they're probably not going to make, but be ready for the next snap or to you run run your face off and then jog to the sideline yeah. uh, and we'll, we'll have someone else play for you and and the percentages change and i think that's one of the things that you're hoping maybe is like when when um obata comes back and you know that those that those guys get more time in the rotation casey and james should probably get a little bit more time in the rotation to keep those guys fresher uh but i do think there is a maturity thing there with chase like when you watch him it's like i don't know like sometimes you know, we talked on Sunday or on Monday after we watched the film a little bit, and it was like you were like, "Oh, Chase is, you know, he's freelancing all the time." I don't agree with that assessment, but I do think he is freelancing more than he probably should, and I think that affects John in a negative way. Um, and I think you want both those guys to be rushing. You know, I don't, I don't want Chase rushing at one hundred percent all the time if it makes John rush at sixty percent. I want John right. rushing at eighty percent. And I want Chase rushing at 80% because that's like when you watch Montez, like that's what he does. He's not always trying to maximize his personal rush. He's trying to maximize the rush of the four guys that he's playing with. And I think that there is something to that from a professionalism and maturity standpoint that is very, very valuable. Now, Chase did a great job. Like on some of those inside going rogue moves, he's creating pressures like you're talking about. Like he's in the quarterback's face, but it, it makes the rest of the group less effective like there's one early where uh, Allen scrambles out, uh, Josh Allen scrambles out, and Chase makes an inside move, creates a nice pressure, but it kind of screws John because John's like, do I have to get to outside contain? He's like trying to spin off and get up the field, and it creates this big window for him to step up and run. Imagine if Chase just does what he's supposed to do, has a nice powerful bull rush there. John does his bull, that pocket condenses, and then right. John has or Josh has nowhere to go and. So even though he got a pressure, and that's going to be a plus based on PFF's metrics, like that, that hurts the defense because right. it. And affects, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like it's not right. all the time, but like yeah. it happened a lot, and it happened in he key does it all the time. Yeah, he does it. He does it frequently. Like not all the time. He does it frequently. Right. And he does it in moments where you're like, "Don't do it now." Like why are right. you? Right. You're doing in that third now? and ten. Yeah, like just make him beat you from the pocket yeah. in a really tight, condensed pocket and a challenged throw. 
Yeah. Like, and I think that is, you know, we probably should have started wider on the defensive breakdown, but uh, here I go. Single track mine on, on the thing that we've been talking about for 48 right. hours. And by the way, you know, one of the important guys uh, on the team. So it's not like it's a bad thing to talk about, but it just kind of shows like how one element of a defense, I'm not going to say like how chase ruined the defense. That's too much, but like how one element on any given play, like you have a really solid rush, but you know, one guy busts the coverage, yeah. you're, you're dead. Um, you know, guy misses it. You fit a run correctly. One guy misses a tackle. Well, now he, now the backs out like yeah. these singular elements defensively can matter so much. And on a day where I think the defense played well overall, I look at some of the explosive plays that they have and I think a lot of them come back to the way that Allen was able to manipulate the pocket. Uh, and a lot of those, I think, are Chase trying to do a little bit too much. And it's like, dude, if you just smash double after double, this defense is going to be really, really hard to beat. And yeah. yeah, you might wind up with a few less home runs on your stat sheet, but the team's going to wind up with more wins. And I think that's kind of the point that I would that I felt yeah. pretty comfortable. I feel pretty comfortable making after watching it back. And it sounds like you more or less agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I more or less agree. Yeah. I, I think and the other one that sticks out is the one on the, the goal line, right? Where they're taking the shot out of the goal line and he takes an inside move and he yes. kind of washes past the pocket. And you're like, man, if you just bull this edge, get that sucker nice and tight, it affects his vision, you know, like, right. and I know that's so hard for a young kind of inexperienced player to understand. Like you're like, I'm going to get a pressure. I'm going to get a sack. Like that's more impactful. You're but, thinking I'm going to get a safety. We're at the goal. Yes. Like Allen standing in his own end zone. And Deion Dawkins is just like, I know this dude's about to try to do this inside move again. Yeah. And Chase rips inside and Dawkins turns him and literally runs him across the pocket into Montez sweat on the other side. And so then you're Allen uh, fades right where Chase was and finds Dicks. Yeah. And, and again, like there's something to just being, just being disciplined. And, and I will say like specifically, like, cause I've seen a lot of stuff about the pass rush. The Bills deserve a ton of credit, man. I think they understood. They knew they knew where our, our bread was buttered. They knew where all of our draft capital, they knew where all our studs were. And they called a game that I thought was really nice. And you see this over the history of this group being together is teams that can call an effective game. Quick game, screens, draws, runs, play action pass is really something that's very disruptive for this group, right? And how they block the play action pass looks. It's, you know... It's great. It, it, it just makes it hard for the rusher to find a rhythm. And like when you talk to elite pass rushers, one of the things is like finding your rhythm as a rusher, being able to identify passing situations. Like I look at, I think it's the drive where Kendall ends up getting the interception. On first down, it's like a holding penalty or something. Oh, yeah, holding on, on a holding on Spencer Brown. It's second and 20. And everybody, the 40 defensive linemen, know that it's a rush. Chase power rushes. Uh, Montez power rushes. John does his thing. The pocket constricts. He has to throw it away. Like, that rush works, and you're able to get uh, create an effective pressure there because everyone knows. I, I know that they're going to pass the ball. I know what's going to happen, and now I can rush how I want to rush. When they stay in, like, these positive down-and-distance scenarios, right, and they call an effective game, I think – it makes it really hard for them to find a rhythm and tee off and pin their ears back. And also, I, I do think there were times where I watched the game and I'm like, man, they're they're rushing a little bit too conservatively because of their respect for Josh Allen. And so, like, it's this double-edged sword of, like, the game was called well, you've got a really dynamic player back there who knows how to extend plays, and you just get the rush that's kind of neutered a little bit because of all the things you're thinking about with regards to 
rushing the passer, which it should just be, I want to rush the passer. Let's go do it. Right. And Ron talked about that on Monday. He said, you know, I think our guys got spooked a little bit. And if you watch this first two third downs, like you get it, yeah. Allen able to, to split, uh, you know, part the C and, and rush for a first down on a third. I think it was third and 10. And then the next one, I mean, again, that play to digs is just ridiculous where he's rolling right and yeah. you know, it's like sidearms at 40 yards in the air. And you're like, what the hell is that? Um, so, you know, I, I get it. Um, I think some of the other big plays too, like uh, I think we should talk about the touchdown to Davis uh, after yeah. the interception. So it's a 35 yard ball and you know, it, it looks like a honey hole shot, which typically like the honey hole against cover two is like 17, 18 yards downfield. And that's a tough throw for quarterbacks. Like it's, it's I'm sure you'll say Forrest needs to be better and there's needs to be better coverage there. But like that ball is on Davis so yeah. fast that I think against a lot of quarterbacks, Forrest has a lot more time and maybe he's able to contest and make that. But the way, you know, from a pass rush, from a secondary, like it shows you how elite Josh Allen is and how hard it is to beat him because there's just stuff he does that nobody else except for, it's like he and Mahomes are the only ones that do it. And mentally to understand, it's like, you know, if you're a, a hitter and you're used to facing 96 and all of a sudden yeah. a dude throws 100, yeah. like it's going to take you a second That's to right. adjust to 100. And I don't think the commanders adjusted to Josh Allen really all day long, frankly. Well, on that one, I, I really like the play call. They get in, uh, they bring in their extra offensive line when they've got another tight end on the field. They bring digs in motion across the formation. And that play is designed, that pylon route, it's like a deep corner. So it's like this yep. really high angled corner. You call it a pylon because you're running to the front pylon of the end zone. Right. And the whole idea is that you know, on these routes where I think number two is running a big corner, right? He's running like a sail route is what I would call that. And then you get the flat by digs. And so you're trying, usually you're trying to clear that safety out for that, that corner route there, right? And so you're running goes, you're running verticals, and you kind of run an angle at the safety to hold them there. So the corner is going to be open. A couple of years ago, or when, when I was with Kyle, like basically they were like, let's just have that guy run a route that's live in the progression. So you get a safety who's playing a receiver with inside leverage on an outbreaking route. And so to me, like, that's tough sled. That is yeah. tough sled. Like, because it's like, yeah, could Forrest be better? I'm sure he would tell you yes. But like, if I'm a coordinator, I'm calling this play to get that look. And I know Josh can make that throw. So I'm like, this is exactly what we want, right? And I thought Jack did a really good job all game of kind of playing softer, more conservative coverage structures. And really, they, the, the defense did a good job of kind of blanketing routes. If you're going to run a lot of cover two, which they're in here, I think, if I remember correctly, yeah, they are. or quarters or something, like this is what happens. People say, oh, what are our cover two beaters? Can we get a shot off of this? Yeah, let's hit this. And like, that's tough, man. Like, I, And I know people want me to be like, Forrest, you suck. And like having coached, I coach football at the high school level. Like I've watched a ton of football. I played in the NFL for 10 years. Like that's what you draw up to beat that coverage. And it's like, yeah. Like, could, could Jack have put him in a better situation to be successful? Yeah, if you knew the play call beforehand. Yes, benefit of hindsight. Could, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, like, but like, that yeah, and it's enhanced by the fact that that receiver is really good and that quarterback yeah. makes that throw in. on a dart. Like, there's no arc on that ball yes. for Forrest to go undercut it. It's just, like, Josh Allen did some really special stuff. And that, that's a huge reason why they, they do what they do. I mean, I think another play that's interesting that kind of shows the Josh Allen spookness is the rushing touchdown he has. Cam Curl has yeah. a free shot at him. And, and he, he like said how big he is too. That's another yeah, thing. Allen's yeah. like six five, two forty, right? Yeah. And so Curl's got a free shot in him. And if that is almost any other quarterback in the league, 
Cam launches and like, you know, you're holding your breath. He doesn't get like a targeting call because yeah. he launches and tries to just demolish him. Right. Yeah. He runs almost by him. Yeah. Like he he's like, I have to take this funky angle because Josh is going to try to do something crazy. So instead of just like wrapping him up and hitting him, he, you know, basically like runs at his, his back shoulder almost like, I don't know what he's trying to do, but that's what happens when it's Josh Allen is like, you get, you, you overthink it. You get a little bit spooked. Things happen in a way that is different than facing anybody else, which is why yeah. that dude is that dude. And he's able to, to run there, run by John, who I think was held a little bit on the play. Yeah. Uh, and then, so and then, uh, you know, get in the end zone, but it, it's stuff like that where, you know, back to your original point of the pass rush, these guys aren't playing the way they usually play because they're afraid of giving up the big one. And honestly, that sometimes is how you wind up giving up the big one. Yeah. And I think, you know, on that one with Cam, like John, uh, Josh deserves a lot of credit. Like he sees the rush, he steps up hard, right. And it messes up Cam's angle. And then he's big enough that you're not going to bring him down with an arm tackle. You're hoping John gets off, he gets held and, like, that's the problem of playing elite players at the position. That being said, man, I really think the defense did a great job. Like, yeah. I know that sounds insane. I know fans, are, I can hear them already. Like, wow, fire. Everything's on fire. It was 16-0 to zero after three turnovers, four turnovers, going into the fourth quarter. Like, are you out of your mind? Like, that's incredible. Like, good job for them. But now you could argue, like, was the Buffalo going as hard as they could? Did they have their foot on the gas the whole time? That's debatable. But, like... They get an interception. They get a uh, they get a stop on fourth and two, right? Like they did some really good stuff there, and I thought they played a, a nice conservative structure. They made them earn it down the field, and like you just at some point the dam's gonna break, right? You get a pick. You get that at right after right after the fourth and two is a fumble by Gibson. You know how demoralizing that is, like awesome. as a defense. Like I've been on sidelines where that's happened, and right when that happened, I'm like they're gonna score a touchdown. Like you just lose the moral composure, like the moral motivation, right? So they go score, great, twenty-two to zero, whatever it is, right? Twenty-three, That's, yeah. It's still not a crazy score, right? It's still not like totally outlandish. The next drive is the pick six. Are you kidding me? Like, what are we like? And they follow think- that up with three and out on a yeah. minus six-yard drive. Uh, and then Kyle Allen comes in and hands the ball off a ton, and that's when it gets to 37. Yeah, and so like I look at that, I'm like, if you if you were grading the defense, and you said, hey man, it'll be they only going to score 16 points going to the fourth quarter, like I'd be like, man, Washington's probably going to win this game, but you know, like they just yeah. got no support. Defense played well enough to win. Yeah, they got no support from the offense, and I, I'm an offensive player, and it's 2023. Like you need. They have offensive support as a defense to win football games. This reminds me a lot of the Philly game from last year. Like Philly hit some big plays, right? Uh, the first game of Philly last year, so like week four or whatever it was. They had a lot of big plays, lots of explosives, but it was like it was like it was like twenty to three or something. Like it like it was a score that was very very manageable in that game, and this felt very similar to that. Jack called a good game. You know, maybe you could argue that hey, how do you make the rush? How do you engage the rush more? Do you spy more? Whatever it is. But I thought it was, I really believe, like 16-0 going to the fourth quarter after four turnovers. Like, come on, man. doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. So just because I know this has been a a criticism, like let's address it head on. Like, is there a way that they could have generated more pressure? um, Or is that exposing yourself to too much danger down the field with all the weaponry that Buffalo has? And by the way, how hard Allen is to get down. 
Yeah, I mean, I think like I think when you're looking at the at the at the when you look at the all twenty two and you just watch it down to down, like Jack's philosophy, I think is one. And I'm speaking just off of observation. I haven't talked to him about this. Right, he's okay with you going on a long drive. He's okay with that because he thinks you're going to mess it up. And for the most part, by the way, it's crazy. A couple of those Buffalo drives, like the long drives they had, they overcame penalties. Like they they yeah. got all this. Like Washington got all the stuff they they right ho- were hoping. And then Josh would make some crazy play on a third Correct. down, and and all of a sudden the drive gets extended after a tripping penalty, after yeah. a hold, after whatever. Yeah, and so yeah, so I think that like, but yeah, again, like it was like you said, it went as they thought. Josh made some plays, but they didn't. They weren't productive drives in the sense that it wasn't leading to like it wasn't twenty eight to zero. It wasn't like they were getting touchdowns or getting field goals, and so I think you're actually okay with that. You know, like you're okay. Like I'm okay with that game flow. Like I don't really. I know people want to get pressures. They want to get sacks. That's important. But when you look at the game flow, it's like that's a productive defensive performance by this Commanders defense. And as as much as people want to get more pressure, like it doesn't really matter. And so, like when you look at it, like yeah, Jack brought a pressure in the goal in the red zone where John scores a touchdown. You can do that, and Jack, uh, Jack has that in the bag. But I really feel like. He didn't need it, and I know fans are like, well, Josh was running all over. Like, who? They only scored sixteen points, like that. And to me, that is such a valuable metric here in terms of efficacy. And off of turnover, that's the other thing. So many turnovers in this game, and only sixteen. Yeah, like it's crazy. And so, like, I just think like people are saying, we need more pressure. We need, and yes, you can do more stuff. You can blitz. You can spy. Cinco packages. All that stuff. But I'm like. I'm kind of like, why when the production was was there for the defense? And I know people are gonna be like, they scored 37 points, whatever. Go back and watch the game, man. Like the defense was not the issue here. And I, I really hope that like that is clear. I know like like they, they did a good job. Yeah, there's um one of the one of the drives that they give up points on is a 19 play drive. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, sure not that. 19 play drive, 19 yard drive. Um, yeah, and I, I think I think it, the, if you're going to be super critical, some of the frustrating stuff is like a couple of the field goal drives are ones where they start, you know, in like their own deep, end, yeah, yeah. and they're able to to get out of it, and and all ultimately you get the stop. But like, can you get the stop before you give up the field? Even if you give up three first downs when you start at your own two or your own one, yeah. it's still a punt situation. So like, sure, there was but, a, yeah, the backed up one I thought was interesting. Like, but you get three, right? Like, yeah, like at the end of the day, like that offense is really good. You know, take seven off the board because it's literally a pick six. One of them is is uh, enhanced by a, a big punt return as well. Like you hold Buffalo to mid twenties, you should be in the game, and yeah. they weren't because they didn't score um, until the literal last drive of the game. Yeah. All right. Anything else uh, that we want to hit on before we uh, we get up on out of here and finish this film breakdown? Uh, no, I think we're okay. I mean. Yeah, I think we touched on everything. It's almost an hour of podcasting. I sure hope so. All right. Uh, when we uh, pick up next, obviously, we'll have take five. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed. Do not miss the fun stories uh, from Logan's days playing in Philadelphia. My days covering uh, games in Philadelphia. That will be the take five on Thursday. Uh, ironically, Logan, the way that we work when we tape these, uh, the, the take five for Peyton Manning that we stumbled on earlier in the podcast will be the one that people have already heard. So uh, that's... That's a fun little tidbit. Uh, the way <laughs> the way we're going to time travel on that one, um, and then uh, Friday, obviously, we'll have the uh, the preview podcast with the Eagles. So, looking forward to that. Uh, and then uh, also housekeeping next Thursday, 
for the Bears game. Uh, I don't know exactly what our pod schedule will be. That's why you subscribe. That way you get it whenever it comes out. But the Take Command pregame show will be at Tap Sports Bar at MGM. So that's something that Logan might be learning right now. Uh, but, you know, we're, uh, we're, we'll be at, at Tap Sports Bar at MGM. I'll be out there for the radio show. And then On Thursday? Uh, yeah. And then Whoa, uh, before right. the Bears game. Uh, and then and Logan will join me uh, for when the simulcast begins. So, uh, you know, I'll fill you in off air on, on all those details, <laughs> that but that's good. the plan. Sure. Hope that works with your schedule. Uh, so that's it. And that's all for take command. Uh, we'll see you guys later in the week. Uh, and then on Sunday on the radio. <laughs>